Welcome to the Forsyth Mags podcast, a show that celebrates all that is good and happening in Winston-Salem and Forsyth County. I'm your host, Brooke Eagle. Let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Brooke Eagle here and we are with another episode of the Forsyth Mags podcast, and I have Jen Brown with me today. Hey, Jen. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is, we're uh, we're live on Zoom right now, which is my first time uh, doing this. I had one other episode, so it's, it's kind of exciting and different. <laughs> I have been living on Zoom because I've been teaching improv classes on Zoom since this all started, and it's it's both exciting and at the same time making me a little crazy in the best ways. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been. I've done a little bit of Zoom, but not like not as much as you for sure. Um, more conference calls and you know things like that. But yeah. So Jen, um, I was trying to think. I was talking to Tim before we got on. I was trying to think of how. I initially met you and I think, I don't even know if you know this, but I think it was through um, Professional Women in Winston-Salem. You came and did an improv uh, thing via Engaging Educator with us, like, gosh, probably, probably five or six plus years ago. Yeah, I moved here about five years ago. So it was was right when I first moved here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. And it was, it was so cool. And then I obviously remembered you. Then I think you came to the Louisville Clemens Chamber and did it there too. Um, but then I feel like I really met you and started getting to know you um, when you started Fearless and uh, through kind of Taryn and, mm-hmm. you know. I think it's interesting how we all connect because like when I moved here, I, I feel like I was more, I don't want to say hiding behind my business, but kind of, because I was like, that's what I was in New York. I was very much defined by what I did and I moved here to not be that person anymore, but that's what I was used to. So I think opening both opening fearless and then just actually getting comfortable with myself here has really helped a lot for me just to know people and I'm still doing EE and I'm still doing fearless clearly it's just yeah so let's let's kind of go back Um, for people who most people are probably very familiar with the name Jen Brown um not even going to try to butcher your your maiden name but (laughs) for the best (laughs) but yeah for people who are not familiar um with your two businesses give us a little a little rundown on both of them so for folks listening from North Carolina uh, they might know Fearless, especially in the Forsyth County, Winston-Salem area. It's a collaborative collective for and by women and non-binary folks. And essentially, it's a stage for women to and for folks to do whatever they would like. Like, we offer co-working during the day. People come in. They get away from their house. They get away from their families if need be. They get away from the office. So there's Wi-Fi, coffee, LaCroix, tea, all that good stuff. And then by night... People can program whatever they would like just by being a member for a dollar a month. And so it feels very, in in my little, like, everyone gets a piece of ownership of it because it's very true. It's very co-op-y in that sense. I don't make a salary off of it. And I think that's really important because it belongs to the members of Fearless. So if someone listening was like, oh, man, I want to teach a plant class at Fearless one day. What do I have to do? People are so surprised when I say, just become a dollar a month member. And they're like, really? That's it? And I was like, yeah, that's it. And they're like, what if I charge for the class? Well, you keep all that money. 
I don't want to deal with that. I want nothing to do with any of that. I want this to be a place that you try something and sample something out for free. And, and you don't have a risk because I think that takes away some of the fear that goes into it. Yeah. And that really, yeah, that really contributes to EE too, because EE is, is all about teaching improv through professional development. So a lot of people fear the idea of public speaking, of storytelling, of interpersonal communication. And for the past eight years, I've been doing that for companies and individuals in a professional sense. Oh, I love that. That's your... You're impressive. Your two businesses are both impressive. I know you're super modest, but um, it's a big deal. It really is. You know, as well as I do, like when you run a business, it, it feels so impressive to so many people listening to it. For you, it's like, I'm doing my job. Like, this is my work. Yeah. And, and I'm like, my therapist and I will go back and forth with this because she's like, you don't bask in your accomplishments. And I'm like, no, I just go, what next? Because yeah. it's just have always been. Are you like that too? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, I feel like it's, I think that's good. If you were too much the other way, I don't think it would be very helpful for uh, moving forward with, you know. I don't know if you get anything done if you just hung out and you're like, woohoo, I did this. And then it's like, <laughs> you still have, right? You still have to pay bills. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So what, um, and I think I've read about this. I know you've been in several articles um, that have talked about fearless, but what kind of gave you the idea? Like, how did that, how did that come about? Yeah. So I'm, I'm big on, and I give this advice whenever I'm talking to someone who wants to open a business or is thinking of something of their business, like don't reinvent the wheel, just make a better car. So Fearless is really taken from a couple businesses that I absolutely loved in New York and really admire. There's The Wing, which is a women's co-working space. And there's the Brooklyn Brainery, which offers classes in anything and everything. So anything from, let's say, the history of toilets to dumpling making to public speaking. And I feel like it's, it's that, that fun, that playfulness where you can try anything and there's not a risk factor. You, you literally can pitch anything and someone will be interested. And then also that collective space where you don't feel like you're in a coffee shop and you're talking to a friend and everyone is listening to you because as much as Winston is growing, it is still a small town. And I think having that like private clubhouse space is really important, especially for women when they're going through anything, when they just need to take space, when they need to deal with their confidence. So that's really where Fearless came from because I missed the brainery and I was watching the wing develop over the last few years. And I got an opportunity to do it after selling some EE curriculum to the Center for Creative Leadership. So I took the, took the chance, I had six months of runway and I was like, let's see what happens. And we started breaking even in September after opening at the end of May. So it's been awesome. been awesome. It's been that's, really, really cool. That's so awesome. I love that. I love that. What's one of your, um, you know, one or two of your biggest struggles that you've had um, with either of your businesses? I think getting in my own way is one of the biggest ones, honestly. I, I find myself creating not problems necessarily, but creating reasons why I can't do stuff, which is weird because I teach other people how to not be afraid of things. It's one of those, like, I'm really good with other people's stuff. With my own, there's the problem. 
And I think that that happens a lot of, of me being like, oh, well, I don't know if I can do this, or I don't know if I can write a book, or I don't know if I can like write down improv and teach people online. Mm-hmm. And, and realistically, like getting past that is just doing it and seeing what happens. And then the other problem I think that I, I come up with is I try to spread myself out way too thin sometimes in the sense of, oh, I can try this and this and this and this at the same time. And it's like, no, no, try like one or two things at the same time and then yeah. go forward with those. Don't try yeah. 17. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard because like I'm sure with your personality, it's a little bit like mine and that you do get excited about a lot of things. And so you're, you want to try all the things. <laughs> right. And it's, it's like, why not try all the things? It's like, you have to sleep. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> hmm well, what about, we talked a little bit, but what about one of your biggest wins with one of your businesses? One I think, yeah, I think the biggest win with, with EE was moving down here, honestly, because I could afford and still can afford to just do EE, like to just do my business. And like, I live pretty modestly to begin with, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not stressed or struggling like I was in New York I'm not in a place where I'm working a thousand jobs at once like I I can just pay my bills off of what I do in my business and that took a really long time to get like I like I said I've been in business for about eight years the first five I had a part-time job I had another employment or anything going on and it's been like for the last three I've been living off my business which has been really nice that's huge. That's so awesome to be all you like. Yeah, it's definitely been interesting because like we just keep adding things in that sense and not like adding too much in that sense of like, okay, soft skills are really important again, because so many people are going through a job search, whether they're looking for a new job or a placement job. And I realized like watching the market change from having learning and development paid for by the company be the big sell, the big item that we sell. And now we're back to the individual investing in their own. And it's, it's that shift has been, it's been scary to watch, not because I don't feel prepared for it, but it happens so jarringly. Yeah. It's been fascinating though, because people are really invested in bettering themselves and upskilling themselves during this time. Oh, that's so good to hear. I'm glad. So what's one of the biggest, I guess now, and maybe prior to all that's going on right now, what's one of the biggest like issues or questions that people have as far as like the improv stuff that you work with them, with them on? Yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest thing I see come up is people think that they're just bad speakers and they're bad public speakers and they're just not good at small talk or communication and they're getting in their own way, which is funny because same. <laughs> With that though, they're thinking they can go from not never doing it, never presenting, not really enjoying it, only doing it when they have to, to TEDx or TED Talk level with, with one night or one fix. And I find that's one of the biggest problems where you try, you set your first step too far away from where you're at. So it's mm-hmm. not saying that you won't ever get there. It's saying that you have to scaffold your own development and give yourself grace and space to learn. So yeah. I work with, like right now, I have a fashion designer client and someone who is now an executive vice president at a major computer company. So both very different humans. They both were trying to go from zero to 50 
with their speaking skills, with their interaction, with their presentation. So we broke it down to like a six part ladder pretty much of like, okay, here's step one, here's step two or step three. And both of them struggled so much with that first step. And then weeks into it, they were like, oh my God, I think I'm on step four. Oh my gosh, I think I'm on step three. And it's just because they broke it down and they didn't try Yeah. And they didn't try to go too far. So I think that's the biggest problem I see with communication. Yeah. It's to break it down. That makes total sense. I mean, you can't, you know, you can't just turn around and run a marathon in a week or lose 20 pounds and in a week. Well, you can't expect to be fit in a week. You have to give yourself that space and time to train, to grow, to keep working out. And Mm -hmm. people don't see their speaking in the same way as they see their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all learning. It's a, you know, learning process for all of it. Yeah. Muscles too. It takes between 70 and 80 muscles to say one word and people don't think about that because they don't know it right isn't that weird like 70 to 80 muscles just to say one word and people are like oh why am I not a good speaker well I can't just get up and run 10 miles so (laughs) why am I not a good runner (laughs) (laughs) that's funny so have you like do you think you've always been a good public speaker or kind of what what are some easy tips that you that you kind of tell people who are starting out in the public speaking world so to answer your first question, I have not always been a good public speaker. I started my my entire life being an actor. I was uh, undergrad in theater and dance. I performed off Broadway for about ten years with an improv company. I've been on like soap operas when they used to exist and TV shows and stuff like that. So a lot of what I do is is from my theater training. Mm-hmm. So I tell folks not to think of it in that same way because clearly. I draw from all of my acting training. The first step for anyone is to know what you want to start working on. Because if you just say, oh, I'm a bad public speaker, well, why are you bad? What's bad? What needs to be worked on? And then if someone says, oh, well, I say a lot of filler words. Okay, why do you say filler words? Why do you say, um, uh, and so, like, you know, a lot of time, the reason people say that is because they're afraid of silences or they talk really fast. So it becomes, okay, slow down what you're saying or be comfortable taking a pause and letting someone think about things. So I think the first step for anyone with public speaking is just to walk it back. Like, what, do you, what, is, what is one tiny thing that you can start working on tomorrow, today? Not the 20 again, just that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, because you can't fix even five things at one time, it's impossible. <laughs> you, you have to think of your public speaking like building a foundation for a house. If you don't have a strong foundation, if you don't understand what you're building on, your house is gonna be all lopsided. I've lived in New York apartments where I could put a bottle on the floor and it would roll across the room. Like my stove has been crooked before, bad foundation. <laughs> Speaking's the same way. If you don't know what you're dealing with, then you can't build anything bigger. So if folks are, are out here going like, I want to do a TEDx talk one day and you're not even speaking up in meetings, then you have to walk it back to start speaking up in meetings mm-hmm. and then start doing like YouTube videos or present something on a webinar and work towards that goal as opposed to just hoping it's going to happen overnight. Yeah, and practice It's so, I mean, as with anything, but it's so much about practice. I know- I'm obviously not a professional public speaker by any means, but I just kind of kept putting myself in situations where I had to get up there. Mm-hmm. And 
I, you know, for the most part, don't, don't mind it. Was terrified the first few times, but you kind of just get used to it. Well, and thinking back to your first time and how you would do now, like, what do you think now about your first time public speaking? Uh. Yeah, see? <laughs> I I wish you all saw that video. She it was like I I handed her so, like like a dead animal with her face. <laughs> oh, so bad. Right. Yeah. So then how do you? You did still feel like I remember still feeling proud of myself that I did it. But yeah. right. And then how do you feel now? Yeah, much much better. Still things to improve on, but for the most part, yeah. And that's the thing. If you're not growing, you're dying in your professional development. I love that quote. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta keep growing. You gotta keep adding to it. And I think that that is how you have to look at your communication too. Like the first time you try something new, it's always going to be down the line. You're going to constantly get better the more you do it though. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we're talking about public speaking, but I mean, I think that applies to communication with anybody, with your you know, significant other with your parents, with your siblings, with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, I'm sure you would agree, struggle with uh, with that kind of communication. <laughs> interpersonal is is wild, and if anyone is looking to improve their interpersonal, I have like this works for everybody. Just listen, listen. That's it. Just take the step back. Work on your active listening skills. Mm-hmm. Let the person finish their question before you start thinking about the answer like we are terrible listeners and I see it I just started working with an organization that does uh communications consultancy for married couples and couples and it's fascinating how the same problems that exist in corporate exist in marriages oh wow same what are like what are a couple of examples people not listening to one another is major People not feeling appreciated and sharing pride. Uh, I think telling someone like, hey, I'm proud of you is a very scary thing, both in a marriage, in a couple situation, as well as at work, because it's very vulnerable. Like you think like, when's the last time you, you've told someone those exact words, like, I'm proud of you. Yeah. But how it feels so good when somebody tells you that. I mean, Exactly. It's hard though to express it. And I, I, I remember the first couple of times I even said it to my husband and he looked really uncomfortable. And I was like, I'm really proud of you right now. And he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I try to tell people that all the time. I'm like, I'm really proud of you right now because we don't hear that enough as adults. So you think about like in relationships, like that's a hard one. And a lot of times when there's some kind of problem whatever the problem is I mean I'm I'm divorced this is my second marriage and my first marriage like we didn't listen to one another we were young we we're silly all that stuff we also did not listen to one another and we did not communicate well and nor did we try to communicate well because of all of those reasons and and now I'm I'm so forward with my communication with my with my husband because I know how important that is mm-hmm mm-hmm I would, I'm not a um, marriage pro, obviously, <laughs> but I think that uh, communication is probably the most important thing for, uh, for a, a good, successful marriage. <laughs> Again, I'm really good at helping everyone else. This is not saying that my marriage is perfect, but because no one's is. Like we, all have, like, we all have stuff to work on. I am saying that when it comes to communication, like, I know when I'm being awful and not communicating well because I'm not feeling well, because I'm tired, because I'm stressed out. 
And those are the times that I argue with my husband because I'm not checked in with my own communication style. And it's taking that step back and being like, okay, like what is truly affecting your communication right now? Is it the situation at hand? Because usually it isn't. It's the 10 situations that happened before this moment. Oh my gosh, that's so true. It never is that exact yeah, situation. And that's, yeah, that's an improv thing. Like you have to think about how you feel in every scene you walk into, every conversation. And that's why it lends itself to communication. Because if you don't have that assertive moment of I feel X, then you're going to be like, like just shooting from the hip in a conversation with that lens of emotion on top of you that is not always great. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so true. So what do you think, what's your favorite part of, of teaching improv? What's your this favorite part of your job? I love watching people surprise themselves. I coached, uh, I can say this because I think he's talking about it. I coached um, Nathan from Village Juice on his TEDx talk he just gave at Wake. And he, he talked to me a couple days ahead of time. He's like, oh, oh it's terrible. I don't want to do this. Like everyone just freaking out about it. And he did really, really well. He put in a lot of work though, is the thing. So, so that's my favorite part to watch someone feel like that's ah, not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be great. I'm awful at this. And then for them to be like, I feel good. About, I'm proud of myself because I, I did this. It. Yeah. But it, and people always say, they're like, Oh, Jen, you're so great. And I'm like, I am not, it's not me. It is, it is me putting you on the right path and you doing the work. Yeah. And that's what I love about it because I, I, people surprise themselves all the time. And they, they say it's me and it, like, I'm not being modest in this moment because like a trainer, it, the trainer puts you on the right path for if you're doing physical training, if you're training to run a marathon, it puts you on the right path. You still have to do the reps. Yeah. And so the you're, same, you're a great facilitator. For abs- oh, I know I'm a great facilitator. <laughs> I think it's so, it's such a, I was just thinking about this. It's like such a fine line between going into something with enough confidence, but not overly confident. Like Mm -hmm. I've gone into situations in both scenarios, overly confident and underconfident. And you kind of just have to be right there in the middle. (laughs) I think it's important because we get the energy we put out. So if you are feeling any sort of anxiety or nervousness, like the audience is going to feel that too. And if you feel overly confident, like you think about what goes along with overly confident then you're not really listening or paying attention or checked into the moment. You're, you're thinking, oh, I got this no matter what. So that's a bad thing to be ping pong back to you as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. So we still have a few more minutes left, but I wanted, um, well, we're going to end with a fun little lightning round of questions. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess wanted to just spend a couple minutes kind of talking about how you have been um, coping the last, I guess what six weeks now? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> any, any tips that you have for us? Yeah, I think for me, it's been being okay with my feelings has been one of the the biggest one. Like like feel my feels. I am a doer. Like I'm sure many like that overachiever. Let's do all the things kind of person. And that's all well and good at times. I think you still have to be comfortable with your emotions and feelings. So there are days that I'm like, I cannot 
do work today. I'm going to play Animal Crossing because we bought a Switch the day it was declared a pandemic. We, we made a deal that if, if anything goes down, we're buying a Nintendo Switch. And the I day they declared it a p- pandemic, we're like, let's get the Switch. <laughs> so, so that's been a really big thing. And then honestly, like t- realizing that I can pivot has been really helpful. Like looking at my business and going, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to do this because we teach in-person improv classes in New York, LA, San Francisco, like not happening anytime soon in any of those cities. And so being who I am, it's like, okay, how can I not only fix this, how can I make this stronger? And it's been interesting because I did a dress for success workshop for women looking for jobs and women looking to video interview. And there were 64 people in the room doing an improv workshop from as far away as New Zealand and London, Las Vegas, New York. And we were all working together. And that wouldn't have happened with Dress for Success Worldwide had it not been this situation. So I think looking for the bright sides of it, not being Pollyanna and being like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Go pandemic. <laughs> right? But, but being like, okay, here's, here's some good that I can pull out of this because I have to. There is good. There is a little bit of good in every situation for sure. Yes. It, I, was, I was just telling somebody that it, it's been almost, I don't know if fun is the right word, but it's been so intriguing to watch all these businesses learn how to be creative and think outside of the box. I know that we, you know, for the magazines, we've obviously had to do that a ton as well. And it's, um, it definitely tests your, your creative juices, which is Yes. Cool. You cannot wallow as a business owner ever. Because if it's not a pandemic, it's going to be something else. That's like, it's never going to always be sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. This is just a part that we're all struggling. Yeah. And I think that's comforting too, to know that literally everyone else is also struggling. I mean, this is affecting everybody. And we're, we're, someone was saying that we're all in different boats. Like we're in the same storm and we're all in different boats. And I, I totally feel that. It's, it's interesting though, to experience something that everyone else is experiencing. Like you said, we are all struggling. No one is doing well right now. Like even introverts who like to stay home, like we all liked going one or two places. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I love my house. I love my dogs. I love my husband. I still have to like get in the car and drive every once in a while because I'm going to go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, that's so funny. Well, let's finish this out with a lightning round. I have like five, I think five or six questions. You ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Favorite junk food? Oh, probably uh, chips and salsa. I don't know if that's junk food though. I like, love it. (laughs) Mexican, anything Mexican food? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay. Dusk or dawn? Dusk. Texting or talking? Talking. Yeah. Clearly. Okay, I was just telling somebody else that before all of this, I would uh, had said texting for sure. And like now I kind of crave a little bit more like FaceTime or like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, how many hours of sleep do you need? Before this, I would have said five to six or five to seven. Now I'm actually getting eight hours of sleep and I'm so much happier. <laughs> Good for you. Hey, Beautiful. It's real. I'm an eight 
plus hours and then grow myself. It's like, you know what? <laughs> no. That's not a bad thing. Like I'm a better, I'm a better human with more sleep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, we all get grumpy with, with less sleep for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, being from New York, this is an interesting question. Scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? Okay. So now probably an eight when I moved here like a two (laughs) totally side note question but what's been like one of the biggest like culture shocks coming from New York to North Carolina pizza (laughs) and bagels like real talk like I I, I'm I chose to move here because I loved how green it was I love plants I love flowers I have so many house plants like I'm I'm weirdo plant lady the fact that people are like, oh my gosh, this is a really good New York pizza. And I get really excited and I go and I'm like, this is not New York pizza. This is just big. This is just big pizza. Like it's not New York. <laughs> and then bagels too. But but bagel station actually is very close. I will say they're smaller. They're very close though. Love bagel station. Good to know. That's it's been a very hard culture shock. And when I go back, because I go back a lot, or I, I had gone back a lot for business. Hopefully we'll go back again for just business and catching up with folks and things like that. That's like my first stop is dollar pizza and then a bag of bagels that I bring home on the plane. Yes, love it. <laughs> pizza and bagels are, and Mexican food, probably three of my top you know, food groups. <laughs> Same, I think. Same. <laughs> love it. Okay, last question. It's kind of a deep one. What does a person need to be happy? thought a lot about this. I think they need a firm understanding of intention over obligation. Mm. Because I think that when we are intentional, we are happy. When we make choices as opposed to feel forced into choices, whatever those choices are, like they can literally can be anything. If you are making the choice, then you have a sense of satisfaction and happiness. If you are forced into a choice, that's when things start not feeling good. I agree. I think that it's hard to have passion for something when you're forced into it. And it's easy to have passion for something when you, you know, intentionally make that choice. Whatever it is. Like I I was talking to a woman last night and she's like, I like being passive is that I was teaching in a sort of communication class last night. And she's like, I like being passive around my friends. And I'm like, as long as you're making the choice to be passive. Great. Yeah. All that matters. If you feel forced to be passive, that's when it gets sticky or in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I never, I never really thought about it in that way. I love that. I, I hate when people are like, "This is how you woman," or "This is how you person," or "This is how you have to be." It's like, no, no, just, just like make a choice in that direction and don't hurt other people. Like, like don't, no harm. Walk yeah. around like that and be yourself. I think that's the other, the other thing is people trust they make decisions even unconsciously just trying to be what they're supposed to be yes you know? yes 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so Jen she has been writing for the magazines for um what probably a year or so now I think so yeah so be sure to check out her articles she has some great uh, online exclusive articles um on forsythewoman.com right now as and of course our print issues as well and tell us, Jen, how we can find you on um, social media and all of that good stuff. 
One of the best ways to find me and the easiest way is www.jenbrown. So Jen spelled J-E-N, brown like the color, dot C-O. And that links to everything I do very easily. Awesome. Love it. And I'm sure on Instagram and Facebook and all of that too. All those links are on that website. Make it easy. I love it. Have to. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And that wraps it up today. And we will see you guys soon. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of Forsyth Magazines Incorporated. Ooh, that's a mouthful.